Hey everyone, welcome to the final episode of the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast for the 2022 regular season here. Of course, my name is Mung and you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Hey everyone, I'm Dan, the super producer. Uh, in for Los again, who uh, is unable to be with us today. Um, he's having a travel discrepancy or a travel problem that I think a lot of people in this country are currently having. So good luck to him. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, the uh, weather that affected so many NFL games and fantasy matchups this past weekend has also uh, reared its ugly head on Los's travel plans. So Dan and I will walk all of you through the week 17 matchups, which of course are the most important of the year being that they are the fantasy championship week matchups for most leagues out there. And it's been a crazy fantasy playoff so far, right? I mean, through weeks I mean, 15 and 16, some crazy can, stuff has gone down. Well, I feel a little bit like Nick Foles in the, uh, in the Super Bowl from a few years back, you know, I have to come in for Lowe's. Hopefully I can, you know, lead our podcast to, to uh, a, a good conclusion this year. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's next man up uh, everywhere everywhere you go. And uh, it has been in fantasy lineups too, right? I mean, Kirk Cousins has been a top three fantasy quarterback in the playoffs. Sam Darnold has been a top 10 fantasy quarterback. If you've had the guts to start him, maybe in some deeper leagues. Um, Cam Akers, who everyone had left for dead and was on waivers in a lot of leagues, has been uh, a top two fantasy running back alongside Jarek McKinnon who's also been quiet for most of the year. It's pretty nuts that uh, we have wide receivers like Craig Dortch and Isaiah Hodgins and Kendrick Bourne all in the top 10 fantasy wide receivers um, this past week. And it's just, you know, why we always say, right, your goal is just to make the fantasy playoffs no matter what seed you are because once you're in, anything can happen. Right. And it, and it, this is sort of like, kind of like a really nice conclusion to this just fantasy year in general that, right. And, and maybe just fantasy and gambling in general, like sports gambling or NFL gambling, because there's been a weird amount of upsets this year. Like I, I've like this, this fantasy uh, championship week, or at least the playoffs so far has been the nice cherry on top of this very weird year. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I mean, I think these fantasy matchups are going to be really tough for a couple of games um, because of the real life NFL implications or lack thereof. <laughs> and, and, you know, that starts immediately with the first game we're going to talk about here, Thursday night football, the Dallas Cowboys at the Tennessee Titans, because the Cowboys seem to be playing well, even though they lost to Jacksonville. Um, but overall, I mean, in fantasy, we're relying on the running backs. We're relying on CD lamb and Dalton Schultz and certainly Dak Prescott. But on the other side, you know, we just don't know how much of a competition this game is. Is that going to impact the Cowboys players and more importantly, the Titans players, because this game doesn't really matter for Tennessee. They're tied uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars right now at seven and eight in their division. Uh, and the Jaguars hold the tiebreaker because they beat the Titans earlier this year. But these two teams are going to play each other next week in Week 18, which is going to determine the AFC South winner. So really, this game doesn't matter a whole lot for Tennessee. And that's, that's important because Derrick Henry is questionable with a hip injury, uh, got in some limited practice on Tuesday after not practicing at all on Monday. And if he's not 100%, do they just not start him and hope that he's healthy enough for the more important game in Week 18? I mean, that's, that's a really good question. Like, like, do you trust your backups here? It like, if, if, if you don't play Derrick Henry and I, honestly, I don't even know who the backup is on Tennessee right now because the, um, the other guy got thrown on IR a couple of weeks ago. You're talking about Don Trello. So yeah, yeah. Who's the, who's there? Who is Derrick Henry's current backup? I don't even know. I mean, I, Hassan Haskins, uh, got a lot of work this past week, rookie? but yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. in general, though, the question is, do you want to play anyone uh, if Derrick Henry is out, right? Right, and, then, uh, and that's, I mean, that's a fair question. Uh, I mean, do, you, uh, do you rely on your backup that you have on your bench, or do you try to roll the dice with Haskins, who 
probably get some work. I mean, I, I imagine he'd get 12 to 15 carries. Yeah, I mean, it's just hard to split up the workload, too, because this past week, I mean, Haskins got zero carries, but, you know, two receptions on two targets, right? So it, yeah. it's... And really, if they're not trying to win the game at all, then at what point does it just not even matter because this offense might not score a touchdown, uh, you know, at all Thursday night, right? Well, you have to also consider this. They, if if it is in fact the rookie that's going to be starting, they might just want to see what they have there. Oh, it you know, maybe he does. Get I was going to say, I don't know how much it matters too against a tough Cowboys defense with Malik Willis looking really, really rough. Um, so I, I just don't see any Titans being really startable. I mean, maybe if you're desperate, you could start Traylon Burks, but I mean, you know, zero catches on two targets last week in his first game back from that concussion with Malik Willis. I, honestly, I think if Derrick Henry plays, uh, you're playing him. Outside of that, I don't think you can start any Titans player in fantasy this week. You're you're probably right. Um, yeah, I wouldn't trust that rookie who hasn't looked good this entire year with maybe getting you eight to 10 points on 15 carries. If he's the starter, like that's, that's his absolute ceiling. Yeah. You know? Maybe Willis in like a super flex or two QB format or a super right. deep, yep. like 16 team, one quarterback league, but you're not starting him um, right. in, in most normal formats here. And uh, Los and I are both taking Dallas. Uh, Los did uh put in his picks on our on our sheet for the show. So Dan, where are you standing? I'm definitely taking Dallas. All right, sounds good here. Uh let's move on then. Uh, remember we had a ton of Saturday games last week uh for Christmas, but this year uh back to the normal Sunday schedule on New Year's Day here. Uh starting with Sunday noon central 1 p.m. Eastern games. Uh the Arizona Cardinals are going to the Atlanta Falcons here. Colt McCoy, as of right now, we are recording earlier this week, again, um, is expected back from the concussion protocol here, which should make uh, teams with DeAndre Hopkins feel a lot better heading into their fantasy championships if they were able to survive uh, the semifinals, which were chaotic. Uh, and you know, DeAndre Hopkins, who would have thought one catch for four yards on 10 targets uh, from Trace McSorley? Just that is insane. so crazy. That, I mean, when I saw that stat, I was like, that I, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. It, it's... Especially to someone of, of, of his caliber, you know, of, of a wide receiver. Yeah. It, it's, it's really, it's really sad. And uh, yeah. you know, this year more than any, I feel like has been plagued by a lot of injuries in the fantasy playoffs and just a lot of duds in general. But uh, whatever happens here, especially with Colt McCoy back, uh, I love James Conner against Atlanta. Certainly love DeAndre Hopkins. Craig Dortch is interesting too, because even though his big game uh, came with Trace McSorley, he has been a reliable slot guy for them. I think he's back in that wide receiver three with upside category facing this Falcons secondary that certainly doesn't scare anyone. And on the Atlanta side here, Tyler Algier, a viable candidate if you are hurting at the running back position, 18 carries and five targets this past week in the loss to Baltimore certainly seems to have gotten a bigger role now uh, with some of their injuries. And I do think that Drake London is a viable flex option, not expecting a ton of upside with Ritter here, but at the same time, he is at least finally getting the volume that we wanted when we drafted him way back in August. Yeah, I think Algier here, if you got him, he could be a league winner. Yeah, I mean, especially I mean, we know the game plan for Arthur Smith is to run the football, right? Right, <laughs> right. All right, uh, we are actually differing here. Uh, Los is taking Atlanta at home, and I am going to take Arizona with the expectation that Colt McCoy is back. I'm going to take Atlanta. Okay. The home team here. I, it's too close, you know? Yeah, you I, I just think team. that we actually saw, you know, this offense be viable with Colt McCoy, um, and I do think that this team has enough talent, at least on offense, uh, to be able to score points on the Falcons here, but certainly a close one. Uh, Los in our pick'em is up by one after last week. I believe the game that we differed on last week uh, was, let's see, I think it was Philly and Dallas. And man, I, I was really rooting for the Eagles to come back at the end there. Certainly kept it close, <laughs> even with Gardner Minshew. I knew that was a risky pick 
yeah. uh, since, since Dallas was favored by five or six points, I think. Um, but even so, you know, I, I thought it was going to be a close one that they could have stolen. But this one will be crucial for our pick em, And uh, we're going to move on to the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions here. Uh, I think you're fine starting Justin Fields. How do you feel about David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert here? I mean, Montgomery got some great usage last week. So like you have to consider that like while while they the the Chicago coaching staff came out and said that they're they don't plan on city fields, I do think that the uh blueprint that we saw this past weekend on Saturday is going to sort of be what they're going to do going forward. Like they're going to continue to play fields, but I don't think they're going to rely on him as much. I think they're going to try and and avoid him getting injured while still playing. And that means relying on Montgomery and, and Herbert. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. Herbert. I think Montgomery still flex worthy here. Uh, certainly still got the bulk of the carries and four targets uh, against that, the bills this past week. And on the Lions side here, I like DJ Chark quite a bit. Uh, he continues to be that number two guy alongside Amon Ross St. Brown. I think Chark can be a solid wide receiver three with upside here against the Bears defense that bottom five against the pass. And uh, we'll see about Jamal Williams. Certainly, certainly you like DeAndre Swift a little bit more here. Um, if Williams is out and Justin Jackson maybe as a desperation uh, running back four who might punch in a touchdown uh, in deeper leagues. Yeah, I, I agree with most of that, but I, I have a question for you here regarding the, the quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Of, um, so Jared Goff, he's playing against like a bottom, you said bottom five, like pass defense, but like, let's be, let's be real here. The Chicago uh, defense has it. They're bad and they have a bunch of injuries. Um, so Jared Goff probably creeps into the top 10 quarterback, you know, um, list this week. Justin Fields is probably in that. Um, so having said that, um, if you're someone who drafted like at the beginning of the season, what would be a number one QB and took one of these other guys, Fields, Goff, Lawrence, Daniel Jones, you know, as your uh, your QB too. Are you playing any of these guys over, over guys like, you know, Joe Burrow or Kirk cousins or Tom Brady to Aaron Rodgers? Well, do I don't think, do, I don't like, think like you want to be starting Tom Brady at general right now. That offensive line is just, still pretty rough. Um, I'm just throwing out there. If you drafted him, you know, I mean, you're probably playing all those guys over time. Yeah, Brady. we can do a quick. I'm just naming like the. We yeah. can do a quick. Would you rather with Jared Goff? Because I do think he creeps into the top twelve, if not the top ten, um, this week. And so, you know, to your point, I think you're still starting Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, and Burrow, um, even in tough matchups. Some for some of them here, just because they've been so good and so reliable that uh, I, I don't know that you can bench them. Um, I would start Dak Prescott over Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. I think Fields versus Goff is an interesting one um, where I would lean Goff if you need the floor and Fields if you're a big underdog and you, and you really need that ceiling outcome if he can rush for like 80 yards and a touchdown. I think I'd agree with you on that. Basically considering what I said before about Fields, like I think Chicago is going to lean more on running their other players. Yeah, and a tough one is Justin Herbert, who's if you're still alive in the playoffs after his stinkers against the Titans and the Colts these last two weeks in the playoffs, I just don't know how you can trust him and go back to him right now. Um, right. So you're so you're saying you'd play Goff over Herbert? I I think so because they actually have. I think Goff might have a higher floor in this matchup and similar ceiling in the dome at Detroit here. What about um, Kirk Cousins? Cousins is a tough one. I I got one more for you after Cousins that. has been so good, but I don't know. But it's hard. If I, I don't. This is my problem with Minnesota in general. Like I, then ah, they've been killing me all year on this. Is I always want to bet against Minnesota because they're they they win these close games, but then they just end up winning and like screwing you over. So I yeah, I think it's still. I, I lean Goff. 
I yeah, like I golf know. because I think Chicago Detroit's actually the highest over under of the week. I think it's at 52 points right now. Um, so, you know, the books are expecting a shootout here and that's why I lean golf over a lot of these options. Uh, I think an interesting one is Aaron Rodgers at Minnesota. I, I might, I might lean Rodgers there because of how bad the Minnesota secondary is. And because mm -hmm. there is a chance that Detroit could get up, you know, multiple scores in the second half. And then we just see a lot of Swift and Justin Jackson on the ground. Uh, a, a tough decision here would be Lamar Jackson. If, if he's back, because we know that Lamar Jackson can go off for 30, 40 points any given week when he's healthy. Right. Um, at home against Pittsburgh, you know, Certainly the Steelers defense has been better recently, but they don't necessarily stare, scare you like in seasons past. Well, well, what about these two quarterbacks who are playing bottom five teams? You have Trevor Lawrence at Houston or you have Daniel Jones versus Indy. Uh, versus Indy. Yeah, we'll get to that one over those too, guys? but I, I would not necessarily rely on Trevor Lawrence this week because, mm -hmm. again, they're in the same boat as the Titans where they don't need to win this week. Um, it really comes down to week 18 for both of those teams. And right. also we know that, you know, you want to run against Houston, right? So certainly right. Um, could see a heavy dose of Travis Etienne versus Lawrence. Although he played well against the tough Jets defense on the road last Thursday, um, had 10 days to prep for this game. So I, you know, we'll talk about Lawrence more there, but I okay. would play Goff and Fields over Lawrence. Okay. Interesting. But yeah, so I think they, that leaves golf close, around you know, like so 11, 10, right at 10, 11. Yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think he's a solid option here. Uh, I do think uh, that Detroit will win this game too at home. I think Detroit's also going to win. All right. So, so far, the only one we've disagreed on is Arizona and Atlanta, where I'm trying to make up a game on Los here. Uh, let's move on to the next one. The Denver Broncos at the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett finally fired, as we all predicted he would be at some point coming soon. Uh, what does this mean for the Broncos' offense? Could they get you know a bit of a an emotional lift from getting rid of the burden of Hackett? We'll see. Uh, I certainly still would not trust Russell Wilson in one quarterback leagues, even though he did have a great game uh, against the Chiefs just a few weeks ago. Um, if you're desperate, I would probably put Wilson in that QB 15, 16 or so range where the upside is there, but we know the floor is like negative two points. Um, it is yeah, good I that Cortland Sutton's back too. I, I do think that helps Wilson a little bit. Well, I think historically when, when um, they fight like mid season, if a coach is fired, they, the team typically performs pretty well in the first game. We've seen that a couple times this year already. Um, but I'm not sure I want to take that risk in the fantasy championship. Yeah, again, right? like if it's He's... a regular season, if it's a regular season matchup, I, I think I would. But I, I'm not. I don't think I'm doing that here. Right. I mean, certainly, you know, some of these streaming options that where golf is probably available in quite a few leagues, who we've already talked about. Um, although golf is more or less, I think, like 80 or so percent roster, but he's out there in some. And I actually do prefer uh, Brock Purdy, who we'll talk about still over Russell Wilson um, this week. And, and Purdy is widely available. So Wilson, you know, in that QB2 range, depending on your options. And then uh, on the Chiefs side, I do think that Juju's a fine flex. Um, and I certainly still prefer McKinnon over Pacheco, although we've seen that McKinnon did come back down to earth a little bit this past week. And of course, you're starting uh, Mahomes and Kelsey here. Yeah, I have nothing to add. Just start start your studs here. Yeah, and I'm going to assume we're all going to take Kansas City. For sure. All right, moving on then to the Miami Dolphins at the New England Patriots. Uh, this is going to be an interesting game. Tua Tungavailoa, uh, with his third concussion of the season, very much doubt that he will be cleared through the protocol in time for this one. So we're looking at another Teddy Bridgewater start here, and that certainly does not inspire confidence uh, if you... <laughs> If you are relying on Tyree Kill and um, Jalen Waddle in the fantasy championship matchup here, and I do think that raises a lot of questions, right? Because oh, for sure. I mean, I don't know that you're just benching them just to bench them because we know what they can do after the catch, right? I mean, mm -hmm. 
with let's see Tyree kill with uh, Teddy Bridgewater in weeks four and six, you know, 10 catches for 160 yards for Hill uh, and then 12 catches for 177 yards in those two games uh, with Bridgewater. So you can't bench Tyree kill. Waddle is a little bit more interesting, uh, you know, still had decent performances. Uh, he did get six catches for 129 yards in week six with Bridgewater, but just two catches for 39 yards um, against Cincinnati in week four with Bridgewater. So I, I think Hill is still in my top 12 or so wide receivers. His, his ceiling is just so high. and We've seen that Bridgewater isn't afraid to continue to pepper that wide receiver one. Waddle probably more in that back end wide receiver two range here. Um, but still, I, I think unless you have some really good options that you picked up off the waiver wire, you, you still got to start your Dolphins wide receivers here. Yeah, I would have to agree that 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 bumps Waddle down to a flex option, probably. Um, and, and you're totally right about Tyreek Hill. Like he goes from being arguably a top three play this week to peeking in around like 10, 11, 12, 13, you know, like. I don't know if I, I just don't know if I trust Bridgewater, you know? Yeah. I think I trust him enough in McDaniel's system uh, is what it comes down to it. Uh, You know, it's very Shanahan-esque, right? We've seen Purdy step up for Garoppolo. Uh, We've seen other players just have success because of the system. I mean, heck, we've seen Baker Mayfield playing well with uh, Sean McVay, right? And and so I, I think I trust in McDaniel enough as the head coach and play caller here uh, to still be playing hill and waddle and on the other side some questions for new england for sure damian harris with a thigh injury still questionable uh Devontae parker still working his way back through the concussion protocol but in general i think you're starting Ramondre stevenson uh, myers as a wide receiver four here with some upside if parker were to miss time again and hey look if you're desperate kendrick Bourne, right we yeah. know that he has that top five top ten upside um depending on your other options here and this is a tough one because the Patriots have not looked good in recent weeks. They've been making mistakes. Um, and this offense is just not really chugging along for obvious reasons, I would think, at this point. But uh, we'll see how much longer they stick with uh, Patricia here. At the end of the day, in a divisional matchup at New England, I think I'm still leaning New England here. Ah, and you know what? I, I really... I really want to pick New England too because almost based entirely off of just how much Bill Belichick hates Miami. Not quite as much as he hates, you know, the Jets, but those teams show up in their division games and they're at home. So, oh, this is a tough one. Like, I wish this was easy and Tua wasn't concussed, you know? then this is an easy pick, but I, I might have to go with New England, right. too. Los is going to actually stick with Miami here. That's the pick he made. So we shall see. This is another one where we differ a little bit. Uh, the next game up, the Indianapolis Colts at the New York Giants. And, man, Nick Foles, uh, certainly, you get some great games, you get some stinkers, and we did not get a good game from him against the Chargers on Monday night. Uh, but at the very least... From a fantasy perspective, I, I suppose uh, you know you can still play Zach Moss, who does uh, have a decent rushing matchup in this one. He was the clear lead back with 12 carries compared to just one for Jordan Wilkins against the Chargers here. And as for the pass catchers, it's tough. I, I mean, Michael Pittman is still probably the best option. Led the team with seven targets against the Chargers, but certainly didn't have a whole lot to show for it with just four catches for 39 yards but a decent flex option on the other side here for the giants it looks like richie james has emerged as their primary slot receiver uh, he and isaiah hodgins have actually out targeted uh, darius slayton in recent weeks and we saw that from the slot keenan allen just torched this cold secondary for 11 catches for 104 yards so i actually like richie james as a flex play in ppr this week uh over slayton and Hodgins. yeah i don't have anything else to add here i think you covered just about everything yeah i mean you're starting saquon <laughs> i yeah. think that uh, that just fyi in case anyone was wondering and, i don't think uh, that needs to be spoken <laughs> right um all right i think yeah. los and i are both taking the home team giants here yeah me too 
I figured as much. Moving on to the New Orleans Saints at the Philadelphia Eagles. Chris Olave with that hamstring injury still battling through that. Seems to be doubtful again this week. Um, and that means that Rashid Shahid is going to be the number one wide receiver by default again. 36% target share against the Browns last week. I think he is viable as a flex option again uh, if Olave is out, even with the tough matchup against this Eagles secondary. Um, Kamara, certainly, again, I don't know that you have better options than Alvin Kamara, but I don't know that you're getting a whole lot out of him either. That's the issue. I mean, if you, if you're here and you have him, you have to play him. Yeah, I, mean, I think he's, he's still he's, in that RB two range, but yeah, I mean, he he got the touchdown against the Browns' bad run defense, and we do know that you want to beat the Eagles by running the ball, um, especially with Andy Dalton as your quarterback. But again, he's he's going to be a touchdown dependent RB two here. Uh, on the Eagles side here, we'll see about Jalen Hurts. Right, still questionable with that shoulder sprain on his throwing shoulder. Um, the question is, do the Eagles want to risk it? Because this is a game that I do think Gardner Winshew can win for them at home against this iffy Saints team, especially given what Minshew showed against the Cowboys this past week. Uh, so they can still get the number one seed uh, and the bye with the Niners two games behind them as long as they believe in Minshew, which I do think this coaching staff does. Um, they certainly uh, they traded for him last year and they've kept them around so i do think that we could see another Minshew game here and i think you're fine starting all the uh, all the fantasy options with gardner Minshew because we've seen that he's a perfectly fine fill in option hey you gotta trust in the mustache yeah and and the bullet right yes <laughs> certainly uh, another dose of Minshew mania here i i do think um hopefully if you if you lost Jalen Hurts and you made it to the finals, you have uh, another quarterback option because I don't know that this game is going to be quite as high scoring. Uh, this could just be a more boring win for the Eagles at home here, so they may not not need to throw quite as much. But all that being said, uh, I do think Minshew is in that QB2 range, but certainly uh, not in the top 12 here for me. We're all, uh, I assume, taking Philly at home. Yes, we are. Yes, and, I'll let you make that pitch for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I figured some of these we don't need to uh, waste yes. time talking through. Um, all right, moving on to Carolina Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, man, uh, the Detroit Lions are certainly a very boom-or-bust team this year. And who would have thought that Sam Darnold uh, would have been their savior and potentially fantasy saviors if you've been starting him um, certainly the rushing touchdown helped this past week, but at the very least uh, he's revived DJ Moore's value, uh, in fantasy and perhaps Terrace Marshall at some point. Um, he's been involved quite heavily. LaVisca Chenault. I don't know that you could trust either of those two guys, but certainly DJ Moore very much on the flex radar on the running back side. It is a tougher matchup against Tampa Bay, but it seems like Foreman is still the lead for right now. Um, I do think he's flex-worthy, as is Chuba Hubbard, but I would still take Foreman if you're picking between those two. And on the Tampa Bay side, uh, another really rough game on the road at Arizona. They got it done in overtime, but, man, it, it was a really rough showing for the offense. Uh, Brady just one touchdown and two interceptions. And, man, Leonard Fournette, their leading receiver. Uh, who would have thought... Um, I don't know that you can start Mike Evans with confidence right now. He's very much in that, I wouldn't even say flex range. I think he's more in that wide receiver four range, just not getting enough usage and not enough accurate targets with Brady constantly under pressure here. But I do think, you know, Godwin's fine, Fournette's fine, and Russell Gage. I think I would actually rank him as a flex play over Mike Evans right now. Yeah, I mean, if you, I mean, you drafted Mike Evans as, as at worst your wide receiver too. So, I mean, hopefully by now you have. Him. If you're in the championship and you have him, you probably have a better option on your team because I don't think you would have gotten this far without yeah, that. I mean, if if they're out there, I, I'm starting Russell Gage over Mike Evans. I would yeah, start. I, mean, I don't hate that. I would start honestly Richie James in PPR formats over Mike Evans. Um, certainly DJ Moore, uh, 
maybe DJ Chark, who we talked about in the dome at Detroit against this Bears defense. I mean, they're, uh, yeah, Evans is pretty low in my rankings for this week. Yeah. And uh, it's actually pretty crazy because the Bucks are leading the NFC South at seven and eight. Panthers and Saints both right behind them at six and nine. Uh, I this is a tough one because I think the Bucks are favored by three points, but they got spanked by Carolina uh, when they played a few weeks back uh, at Carolina. Granted, but this Panthers team—I mean, their defense is very good. Uh, they've been top ten, top twelve in defense um, all year. It's just that their offense finally flipped the switch after they fired Matt Rule. As much as I hate to say it, I mean, given how bad the Bucks looked against Arizona, I think I'm leaning Carolina on the road. Man, you are being pretty risky with these toss-up ones uh, against the home team. I'm a little surprised. Yeah, I mean, I, part of it is I, I do need to make up that game on most, but also, you mm-hmm. know, I've said throughout the entire season on this podcast, I honestly go with who I do think has a legit shot to win these games, and you know, all year I've been saying since August, since the offensive line injuries, that the Bucks are not the same Bucks from the last two years. And it would not shock me at all if Carolina stole this one because they have been playing better. Um, it's just that the Bucks still have that name value, right? With Brady and Evan Godwin. They do, but they've also won a lot of close games, you know, in overtime. Sure. So, I mean, but against yeah. what? Against the Saints and the, and the, uh, Fair. Um, the Cardinals, who neither of those teams are good, and I think the Panthers are better than the Saints and the Cardinals right now. I mean, that's that's fair. So I don't um, know. I'm gonna stick with Tampa. Carolina. I'm gonna take Tampa Bay. That's probably the better option. I, yeah. I do believe they're favored by three points by Vegas. Los is taking Tampa Bay with you. As a Brady fan, I will be rooting for Tampa Bay. I just don't think that on paper they match up well against this Panthers defense that's been playing out of their minds and just shut down a Lions offense that was, you know, on fire, right? Heading into yeah. last week. So, um, again, oh, hopefully, man. I hope that I am wrong, but uh, we shall see. That Lions game killed so many parlays for me. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. Okay, the next game up here the Cleveland Browns at the Washington Commanders, and man, Unlucky for Deshaun Watson, had a couple of touchdowns dropped this past week, uh, partially you know due to the weather as well. It was a rough game, but an upset by the Saints on the road. But at the same time, I do think that this is a decent matchup for the Browns on paper. Um, so Nick Chubb again, you know, I talked about this with Los on the podcast last week, where he's getting the bulk of the work, uh, but at the same time, he's been very touchdown dependent. Ninety-two yards on the ground and one catch for ten yards, but not a whole lot to show for it in fantasy without that touchdown and finding Paydirt um, still in that back end RB two range, but much like Alvin Kamara, a very touchdown dependent RB two. Uh, I think Amari Cooper will certainly be fine in this one. And Donovan Peoples-Jones still in that flex territory. Uh, the weather certainly limited any downfield looks for him this past week. And if you're desperate, Deshaun Watson in that mid-range QB2 territory as well. Uh, on the Washington side here, we'll see about Antonio Gibson with a sprain. Uh, he is questionable as of right now. Certainly, if he weren't able to go, that would elevate Brian Robinson quite a bit in the rankings. And beyond McLaurin and Dotson, who certainly are decent starts here, uh, it is worth noting that Logan Thomas saw eight targets, uh, six of them coming from Carson Wentz this past week. So he could be worth a deeper league uh, look uh, at tight end if you need help at the position there, especially if Wentz is declared the starter for this week. I, I don't believe an official decision has been made just yet. Yeah, I don't have anything else to add to these guys. Yeah, I think these two teams are fairly straightforward, at least for fantasy purposes. And, you know, two tough teams, uh, two iffy teams, I should say, uh, playing each other, uh, where I will default to the home team commanders here. I will as well. <laughs> and most concurs uh, with both of us here on this game. Uh, the next game up, the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Houston Texans. Again, this is a tough one, right? Because like we talked about, for Tennessee, we mentioned earlier that this game doesn't necessarily matter for Jacksonville. They can lose this week, win next week, 
and still be the four seed and take the AFC South. However, I will say I do think that Doug Peterson is going to want to keep his young quarterback here in a groove, given Lawrence's recent hot performances, and still try to win this game regardless. Uh, And on top of that, a win this week would give the Jaguars a slim chance to be a wild card playoff team, even if they did lose to the Titans next week. So I'm, I'm a little bit less concerned for the Jaguars than I am for Derrick Henry and the Titans in, you know, potentially benching starters here. Um, that being said, I do think you can start ETN as a strong RB two. Uh, I do think Trevor Lawrence is a viable high end QB two here. And certainly Kirk and Zay Jones in that boomer bust flex range. I would almost have to say, I think Trevor Lawrence is a low end QB one. Um, I would be hesitant to put him there because as good as he has been recently, we've seen that at the same time, you know, the Texans play the pass pretty tough. Um, we saw Patrick Holmes had a huge mm-hmm. game against them a couple weeks ago, uh, but Dak Prescott struggled against them. Um, Malik Willis, of course, struggled this past week. And in general, I think teams do prefer to run on them and they haven't given up a whole lot of multi-passing touchdown games uh, to opponents o- over the, the course of the season. I think most teams do try to run more um, against the Texans. So I don't love Lawrence's upside, although certainly he's been playing amazing. So I could understand riding the hot hand with Lawrence if he's gotten you uh, to the fantasy championships, but personally he's outside my top 12 or so quarterbacks for this week. Okay. No, that's fair. Um, on the Texans side, I guess it's Royce Freeman again, but I don't know that he's going to be more than a touchdown dependent flex. Certainly you can run uh, a little bit on this Jaguars team, even though the Jets certainly could not uh, last Thursday night. And uh, beyond that, uh, it, it's still really, really tough to trust any player on the Texans well, let's, for let's fantasy purposes. If you're if you're in the championship right now, you're not going to play a single Texans player. I just and I I mean I just don't I don't think you're in the championship if you've been starting one of these Texans players. Yeah, I mean probably not, but uh, you know with all the wide receiver injuries and issues, Brandon Cooks is at least viable, uh, at least worth talking about. And again, you know with running back injuries and especially if you lose Derrick Henry right uh, on Thursday or something. Um, you know, maybe you're scrambling to find a replacement and Freeman at least gets you maybe what, five, six points with a couple catches and maybe, you know, 50 yards and you pray for a touchdown. I guess that's fair. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like there's better options out there, even for like Brandon cooks. Yeah. If the championships on the line, you know? Yeah. I I don't disagree. But again, I I do think cooks is in that top 40 or so wide receivers for this week. Um, just given the matchup. Yeah. Probably right around the top 40. Yeah. Um, like I said, I do think that Jacksonville will still try to win this game. At least I hope so for one of my uh, final best ball tournament rosters. So maybe a bit of uh, optimistic thinking there, but, uh, I am going to take Jacksonville here on the road as is lows. I'm going to take Jacksonville too, even though I, I would love to see Houston win, win here, you know, <laughs> it, you know, honestly, it's not that crazy, right? I mean, for, for, say what for, you will for selfish bears fans reasons. <laughs> uh, I would like Houston to get a win. Yeah. Say what you will about Lovey Smith, but he, uh, he certainly packs a tough defense for all his teams. Oh yeah. He keeps them in the game. They, this Houston Texans team, they linger. <laughs> Even that's a good word win. for it linger i think um all right let's move on to the sunday mid-afternoon slate then the san francisco 49ers at the las vegas raiders uh, debo samuel may return to practice but i think they might be saving him for the playoffs so i would not necessarily count on him just yet for your fantasy championship here uh certainly you're firing up christian mccaffrey you're firing up george kittle after a couple hot weeks uh and i do think brock purdy is in that high-end qb2 range Still, uh, Brandon Ayuk, I think he's a boomer bust flex. Uh, honestly, the, this Raiders secondary has been awful enough where it would not shock me if Ayuk broke a long touchdown. But at the same time, he's had a couple quiet games in a row. So we'll see about him. And on the Raiders side here, man, uh, it's been quite a mess. I mean, I guess, I guess they beat the uh, Patriots, but that was more because of the Patriots snafu than the Raiders actually being good. 
And this is a tough, tough defense. I mean, you just, you absolutely cannot bench Devontae Adams, right? It just, you can't. Um, uh, But at the same time, I'm sure you would be very, very nervous starting him if you're still alive in the fantasy playoffs, despite a couple of really bad games. Um, Yeah, I mean, I just, I can't in good conscience recommend ever benching Devontae Adams, but I could see him again, having a very rough week, uh, especially against this Niners defense. I do think that Waller and Renfro are worth looking into um, because I do expect this to be a game where the Niners lead uh, from start to finish. Yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with you um, about any of that, (laughs) to be honest. I have have nothing more to add here. Yeah, I'm incredibly nervous about it. I'm so glad I didn't end up with Devontae, with any shares of Devontae (laughs) this year. Because it just it, it stresses me out just thinking about having potentially drafted. I was going to say there were, there were a like, few weeks where like you would have been really happy having drafted Devontae Adams, just for not sure, just not sure, recently. But, um, but, but I, I, I mean, think it's worth doing. He just has been so up and down, though. Yeah, and I think it's worth doing a would you rather actually on Josh Jacobs, who after having you know similar to Devontae Adams, right, a really hot stretch, um, rough game against Pittsburgh. Uh, and this is a really tough defense, especially against the running back position. We know that the Niners just are a tough defense all around, but especially for running backs. And I don't know that he's inside my top 15 or so for this week. It's just, he's on the cusp of like top 20 or so, I would say. But, uh, you know, let's, let's run through the names real quick. Sure. I think obviously you're starting McCaffrey and Eckler uh, over yep. Josh Jacobs. Um, Put Barkley on Saquon, that too. Yep, Barkley, Dalvin Cook, James Conner. I think those would probably be my top five running backs for the week. Um, and then beyond that, it really gets sketchy really fast, right? Running backs always tough. Um, Joe Mixon, uh, I would start. Uh, Aaron Jones, even after a rough rough week against the Dolphins, I do think that I would still play him over Minnesota in what projects to be a really high scoring game. Um, starting Ramondre Stevenson over him. Yep. Uh, I mean, Derek Henry, if he plays, obviously, but we'll see. Uh, Travis Etienne, any disagreements so far? We're at about nope. 12 or so. No. Nope. Um, what about Tony Pollard? I was going to ask you about Tony Pollard. <laughs> that was yeah. the one that I was kind of waiting for you. Um, That's a tough one. I mean, uh, isn't he questionable right now, though? Yeah, I mean, he, have, he, like, uh, did, he hasn't practiced he practice? yet as of Tuesday, okay. but if he's active on Thursday, I would start Pollard. I think I would, too, in, in PPR. Um, yes, yeah. Um, I would start Ezekiel Elliott as well. Yeah, uh, probably. I mean, just they just love using Zeke at the goal line since he came back from that knee injury, right? I mean, what does he have, like? eight touchdowns in the last six or seven games, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Um, it's just what even against... Did, yeah. Wait, did you say Montgomery earlier? Uh, I can't remember. I did not. Um, what about Montgomery? Oh, man. I, that's tough one. I think that's the, probably the toughest one. I think I would still lean Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple guys who we talked about earlier who are very touchdown dependent, I think I would start Kamara and Chubb over Jacobs this week. Um, and then yeah. we haven't gotten yeah, to this maybe. game yet, but Cam Akers, I think you're starting over Josh Jacobs. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think so too. I mean, I wouldn't expect three touchdowns again, but 20 no. carries against the Chargers, probably something like that. I, I mean, would... just just from the carries themselves. I mean, if he if he even logs, you know, let's say between 15 and 20 carries again, yeah. he's gonna net you. 10 to 12 fantasy points from just that. Yes. If you so, think about it, you know? So I think that's worth I, it. I do think that, uh, you know, Jacobs is around RB20. So certainly don't yeah. love him this week. Um, again, it depends on your options. But I, I don't think he's like Devontae Adams, where I would be okay with benching Jacobs depending on who you picked up. I, I mean, I would rather have Jarek McKinnon, who I think has a slightly higher floor and similar ceiling. That's still a risk, though. I mean, I don't love it, but I probably would do the same thing. Yeah, I mean, just because of his involvement in the passing game, which we've seen dwindle for Jacobs mm-hmm. yet again. 
who, you know, every time we think they're involving him more as a workforce, they seem to scale it back. Yeah. All right, so I think that's enough on this game here, and I assume that we are all going to go with the Niners. Yes. All right, uh, let's move on to the New York Jets at the Seattle Seahawks. Good news for Jets fans. Uh, while it's not necessarily confirmed yet, as of right now, it sounds like they're expecting uh, Mike White to be back from his rib injury and to start in this game. Uh, I believe, um, let's see, if he does start, uh, I think they're hoping that he is able to start. So not super confident, but um, at least the opportunity to come back. And if he does, uh, I do like Zonovan Knight again, uh, even though they were just the entire offense was awful against the Jaguars on Thursday night, but I would like Zonovan Knight as a flex option. Certainly, I like Garrett Wilson as a wide receiver three with some upside. And uh, beyond that, I don't know that you can trust anyone on the Jets. Yeah, I agree with you. On the Seahawks side here, uh, we'll see about Tyler Lockett, who had that fractured hand, uh, missed one game, but sounds like he could be back for this one. So definitely stay tuned on Lockett status. Again, we're recording this one on Tuesday night, so we simply uh, do not know just yet. Let's do a Would You Rather on DK Metcalf, because I think that's worth talking about. Sure. Um, again, just it's been rough, right? Because we know that the talent is there, and certainly with Geno Smith, uh, he's been great all season. But, you know, Sauce Gardner has been great, even as a rookie, right? Just certainly a tough, tough matchup, especially if Tyler Lockett's out. And there's just no one else to really um, worry the Jets' secondary. Mm-hmm. I would put him in that back end wide receiver two range i would i would say as of right now um but let's run through the list real quick of wide receivers here certainly you know guys we talked about justin jefferson Devontae adams um jamar chase cd lamb tyree kill Amon ross st brown stefan diggs aj brown keenan allen Devontae smith chris godwin t higgins deandre hopkins any arguments so far no i don't think so um where it gets interesting is, let's say, Garrett Wilson on the other side of this game. Yeah, I think I'd still take DK Metcalf over Garrett Wilson. I think if Mike White starts and Tyler Lockett is out, I'm actually going to go with Wilson. But it's really close. okay. Okay, um, just because we've seen that Wilson really or. Er, uh, White really just lifts this Jets offense quite a bit. Um, and then again, if my, my fear is if Lockett's out, then the Jets just focus on stopping Metcalf, right? I totally, they don't really I totally understand where you're coming from there. I, I get it. But I still, I mean, DK Metcalf is just. Yeah, he just needs one, big, one catch, right? He's fast, gone physical guy. Exactly. Yards. It's just, you know, yeah. I, I have a hard time betting against that. Um, I would start. I would. Lean Amari Cooper over DK Metcalf this week. I'm not sure I would do that either. Okay. Um, I'm going with Jalen Waddle over Metcalf. Uh, that one's harder because of the quarterback situation. I'd probably go Waddle too. Yeah. Now that I think about it. Um, guys like Judy and McLaurin over Metcalf. Yeah, but, so, but Judy's got the coaching thing, too. Like, where it can go either way with the new coaching staff. So, like, I don't want to bet on that unknown, almost, you know? Sure, but I just think they've been using him so heavily recently that, you know, he's still going to be involved in the game plan, right? I think uh, I'd take Metcalf over Judy still. Okay. Uh, and then, you know, that's where we get to guys like Juju and Mike Williams, who I, I think it's Metcalf for me over them. I agree. So yeah, he's about twenty or so. Wide yeah, I, I, 22, I can agree on that. Something like that. Um, but yeah, it, it's I, I would. So put on the field. back end, mid to back end wide receiver too. I can agree with you on that. Yeah, and I think actually based on the matchup, I, I would I would rank Tyler Lockett if he plays over Metcalf. Hmm. Yeah, but if he plays, what if he's like a decoy? You know, that that's always going to be in the back of my head. Um, I think the the injury is really not supposed to be super severe. I saw it compared to Chris Godwin's injury from a couple of years ago, 
where he missed one game and came back and was fine. Um, so the injury doesn't necessarily worry me. I think okay. if Lockett's that's... back, he's healthy enough to actually contribute. Okay, I mean, that's an assumption that obviously you're going to have to make if you're in that situation. Yeah, so that's you why know? I'm saying I like, would. I don't know if him. I would risk it. I, I really don't. Honestly, if he plays, like I, that'd be that's just better for Metcalf. You yeah, know? It does, I would agree. It does help Metcalf as well. And uh, let's see, Los did not decide on this one yet, so we'll have to get his response offline. Um, I will go with the Jets if Mike White starts, and the Seahawks if it's still Zach Wilson, because God knows that I'm not going to bet on Zach Wilson. <laughs> I think I'm just going to take the Seahawks here. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, we will see what Los says, and that will. Uh, I think there's quite a few disagreements between me and Los this week, at the very least. So yeah. it could. It's definitely going to come like three, down to this week. I think. Yeah, um, that, including the next game, Minnesota yeah. at Green Bay. Here, uh, I think Cousins is a fine back end QB one here. Uh, I do like Dalvin Cook. Obviously, you're starting Justin Jefferson. Uh, KJ Osborne is an interesting uh, boom bust wide receiver for here. And I think Hawkinson, probably not going to have quite as big of a game, but certainly still a viable tight end. And on the other side... probably a top five tight end to play this week. Let's see. Um, I mean, Kelsey and Kittle are a top two. Yep. Uh, I like Andrews if Lamar Jackson is back. Um, He's he's in that, like, like Schultz Like five, six. Maybe Fryermuth is over there. Maybe Goddard, like he's like bunched in with those guys. Yeah, I could, I could but yeah, see I'd say like five anywhere four, from five four or to six eight for Hawkinson. Yeah. Um, on the Packers side here, we'll see about Christian Watson, who's questionable with a hip strain. Doesn't sound too serious, uh, but if he were to miss, certainly would like Lazard and Dubs quite a bit against this Viking secondary. And assuming he plays, I certainly like Christian Watson against this Viking secondary. Yep. And uh, would not trust Mercedes Lewis, uh, who got that touchdown against um, the Miami Dolphins last week. And at the end of the day, I honestly, I, I do think that this Minnesota team is not as good as their record would suggest. But even with the recent resurgence for the Packers, I mean, they, they needed three interceptions from a concussed Tua in the second half or to, to come back and, and win that game. And I do think that Minnesota is still good enough to go toe-to-toe on offense. Um, so really it's going to come down to whether, whether or not Cousins uh, can keep this game clean. And we'll see about the weather still outdoors at Lambeau, but I'm going to lean Minnesota on the road. I'm going to take Minnesota too. Okay. Yeah. Los- I've bet against them way too many times. <laughs> I mean, I'm on, I'm on board now. Fine. Yeah, and it's one of those things where it wouldn't shock me at all if if Green Bay uh, won this one at home in Lambeau. But um, on paper, I, I still like Minnesota's better team. Los disagrees. He's taking the Packers at home, so we I shall see Minnesota, about that one. Minnesota just doesn't want to potentially, eventually meet Green Bay in the playoffs. Yeah, like, and, they, you know, it is. It is in there, and even though it's not going to affect their overall like ranking, like Green Bay's not going to take them out of the playoffs by any means, but they have a major incentive to win this well, game. I was going to say, the other thing, too, is we've seen that even with Cousins making mistakes this year, he's been able to bounce back in, in the middle yeah, of games, I know. right? So, and I think that was the Including biggest worry. the greatest comeback in, in NFL past, history. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, um, come on. Yeah, that was insane. But, uh, yeah, so that's why I'm willing to bet on the Vikings here. Um, right. Let's talk about the battle for Los Angeles up next, uh, the Rams at the Chargers, but really just you know in the in their stadium, where probably neither team will have a whole lot of fans. Uh, Cam Akers back to a workhorse role against this beatable Chargers run defense. Honestly, as crazy as this sounds, and this is how crazy fantasy is, right? I think Akers is back in my top ten running backs this week. Wow, top like 10? I don't, he's getting the workload and. They are relying on the run game, as they always have. And the Chargers' run defense is not particularly good. I mean, so if, you, if you're in the championship and you have Akers, you're playing him as a flex now anyways. Yeah, I mean, I think you're starting. You're finding a starting spot for Akers in general. Yes, um, I think he, you should. That's, yeah, I think you're right. But he's I legit in play. my top 10 or 
top 12 at the very least based on matchup and the workload because again the Rams have finally gone back to a workhorse model i mean that's the bigger thing right yeah i'd take a risk on it yeah because you probably have two running backs who are better or more consistent yeah like he could be he could be that big you know that 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 ceiling guy that like pushes you over the edge Mm -hmm. That's what you need, right? Every yeah. single week. And uh, same reason I think Tyler Higby's in my top 10 tight ends for the week. Um, we've yeah. certainly seen that with Cooper <laughs> Cup and Allen Robinson both hurt. I mean, Mayfield yeah. has been targeting the tight end, right? I mean, I don't think we're going to see a repeat of what we saw last week. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't you're, you're think that he's going to have like a massive, massive game necessarily. But even in, in that uh, game against Green Bay, a couple weeks ago, right? I mean, four mm-hmm. catches uh, and a touchdown. So at the very least, Higby has a decent floor and insane ceiling. Uh, if he does, I mean, we know he has that potential at the very least. Yeah. Um, so certainly like both of those guys on the Chargers side, man, again, we talked about Justin Herbert a little bit earlier, and I think he's still a fine start, but he's probably, what, QB 13, 14, something like that for me. Um, yeah, maybe even lower. No, actually, he's probably still in that. Well, let's let's go down the list. Let's do would you rather for Herbert, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mahomes, Allen, Hertz, Fields, Burrow, Prescott. No disagreements there? Nope. Um, if he plays, Lamar Jackson. You keep going. Uh, Rogers, Goff, Cousins. Keep going. So that's at 11. Yeah. Um, So I guess he'd be at 12 because I still, I would still mm, go with him over Brock Purdy. But here's the area where we have these like serving quarterbacks who are playing bad teams. And then you have Purdy who's on a well-coached team. It's it's really murky here. I could see the argument for Purdy over, um, Justin Herbert, but I wouldn't start Geno Smith against the Jets. I wouldn't trust Russell Wilson over Herbert. I wouldn't play um, Geno Smith or Russell Wilson I wouldn't Wilson play Brady over Herbert. Um, and, and those are the next guys, right? So I think he's still yeah. in that 12-13 range. Fine, okay. I, I I could see him at like 12-13. Yeah, I mean, there's no one else behind him that you feel great about either, even though no. he struggled. Um, and I think Keenan Allen is... is uh, Strong start here. Uh, Austin Eckler, of course, you're starting. Uh, Mike Williams, I do think he's still in that flex range. Certainly had a quiet night because he didn't score, but decent yardage and catches against the Colts on Monday night here. Um, Wouldn't shock me if the Rams upset the Chargers here, but I'll take the Chargers. I'm going to take LA. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take the Chargers. Yeah, I figured. Um, all right, moving on to Sunday night football, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Baltimore Ravens here. Uh, the big thing is that a healthy Pat Fryermuth uh, went back to his usual target share, saw eight targets. Um, I think he's back into that top 10 tight end status for this week. And among the wide receivers, we'll see about the Ravens. They certainly do like to take away that wide receiver one, although I don't know that there is a clear wide receiver one at this point. I think Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, both in that flex territory, as is Najee Harris, even against the tough run defense, he's getting uh, involved as a receiver. So certainly like to see that for Harris. And on the other side here for the Ravens, uh, we'll see if Lamar Jackson is able to make it back to practice again. We're recording on Thursday or Tuesday, excuse me. So we don't know yet, Um, but certainly I do like him in the top 10 or so quarterbacks if he were to play. And it's worth noting here that the Ravens are one game behind the Bengals in the AFC North, and the Bengals do have a touch, tough matchup against the Bills this week. But the Ravens have already clinched a playoff berth, so they may not rush Lamar Jackson back just to get that higher seed. So definitely something to monitor um, if you are potentially trying to rely on Lamar Jackson this week. Well, who do they play if they end up getting that seed? Um, I think it, uh, that's still uh, up in the air. Oh, it's still it, up in the air. Okay. Yeah, but it doesn't, it certainly just would not. Uh, it, they would end up playing probably, no, I think there's still a lot of pieces. I don't think there would be a decided matchup just yet. Okay. But 
it's between them winning the AFC North, but they're locked into a wild card seat, even if they, um, even if the Bengals take the AFC North. Got so it. just worth just worth noting that this game may not matter for them, um, but they do play before the Bengals play on Monday night, so they do have incentive to win because they don't know yet if the Bengals win or lose against the Bills right this week. Yeah. Um, so all that being said, I am going to lean Baltimore, especially if Lamar Jackson's back. Yeah, I'm going to take Baltimore too. As does Los. And that brings us to the final matchup of the week. Monday night football, the Buffalo Bills at the Cincinnati Bengals. A potential preview of what could be the AFC championship game, depending on how the playoffs go in just a few short weeks. And on the Bills side, I do think you're starting Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, even after a down week for Diggs. I think that was more so weather-related. Um, than anything, I would not worry too much about digs in this one. Uh, beyond that, I mean, it's tough, right? Because this passing this passing game uh, has slowed down a little bit ever since Allen's uh, elbow injury a few weeks ago. But certainly, uh, I do think that you still have Gabe Davis as a boomer bust flex option here. Um, don't love Isaiah McKenzie, but certainly if this game turns into a shootout, he could get quite a few targets as well. And man, good luck. Good luck predicting this run game from week to week, right? I mean, 12 carries for Singletary for about 100 yards and a touchdown. Same for, for James Cook against the Bears this past week. And of it's course, Allen vultured a touchdown. Gets as well. a touchdown. You know, you're not going to get like, I mean, play, play him if that's what you have, you know, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I, yeah. if I had to pick one, if I like had both Bills running backs, I'd lean Singletary, but it, it's tough. I mean, yeah. I mean, they're both back end, or they're both only only flex plays, anyways. I would I would say. Yeah, I don't disagree. I think the Bengals' run defense has softened up with uh, yep. DJ Reader's injury, but at the same time, I mean, I think this is going to be more of a pass heavy game. Where I, I think both sides here, obviously, you're playing the studs, but even Tyler Boyd and Isaiah McKenzie, I, I would consider maybe over the running backs. Although, um, mm, on, maybe. On, well, not over Joe Mixon, but over the Bills running backs, I would consider yeah, okay. in PPR. Um, yeah, I, I think that's about all I have on this game. Uh, certainly, Samaj P. Ryan's workload has gone back down, so I think it's clearly the Mixon show for at least this week. Uh, we'll see yeah. about whether that holds true in the future. And then just worth monitoring uh, Hayden Hurst's status in deeper leagues. Uh, he is questionable, could return this week uh, from that calf injury that's kept him out for, I think, three games now. So at the very least, Hurst in that tight end two category for deeper leagues, simply because this game could be uh, very high scoring. I believe last I checked, uh, this game was the third highest over-under, maybe second with 49.5 total points projected, um, Hmm. behind only uh, Detroit and Chicago. And I believe... uh, I think Vikings and Packers was 48 points. So it might actually be the second highest over-under of the week. So certainly expecting uh, a lot of fantasy points to be scored in this one, which could determine quite a few fantasy matchups for the championships. And uh, that's going to do it for Earth. Actually, we've got to make our picks. Sorry. Um, oh, yeah. Los and I have both taken Buffalo on the road. Yes, I'm also going to take Buffalo. Yeah, I think this is a tough one, though. I, I could see this going either way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, not necessarily fantasy talk, but just general football. I do think that the Super Bowl is going to come down to five teams. Uh, to me, on the AFC side, I, it's hard for me to see anyone except Buffalo, Kansas City, or Cincinnati. And on the NFC side, uh, the Eagles and the Niners seem like the, the clear top tier. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not going to disagree with you there. I can't, I, I can't think of a scenario where it, it won't be between a, a combination of, of of those teams in general. Yeah. I mean, you can you can maybe make an argument for like as much as much as I hate them, Minnesota can continue to get lucky. Yeah, I mean, if they just say hot, right? <laughs> you know, well, like Justin Jefferson, happen. anything can happen. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, yeah, I agree with you. Oh, yeah, it's those five for me are the strong contenders, and um, yeah, it's been a it's been a crazy season. 
if uh, you've stuck with us this far, thank you for listening this year and perhaps in prior years as well. And best of luck if you have made it to the Fantasy Championship Week. Um, hope you guys had happy holidays. Hope you have a great new year. And again, since we're recording on Thursday, if more specific sit-start questions pop up for the most important fantasy week of the year, you can find us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. You can find Los at FFA underscore Los. That's L-O-S. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. Please remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes next year. Yeah. <laughs> Unless we do another one. I don't think, I don't we know. We could do an off-season wrap-up show. We could do like an early 2023 preview. We'll see. Stay That's tuned. Up to uh, you. That's up to you. You, yeah, make, you let me know. All right. Well, make sure <laughs> uh, you guys are all subscribed so you don't miss out if we do end up doing those shows. And uh, as always, it's a fantasy world, and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts.